Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the show. This is your girl, the Literary Diva Blog Talk Radio, and welcome into another exciting author chat. And we will be bringing on our featured author in a few minutes. Just want to tell you guys um, a few things just before we get started. First, as always, shouts out to all of our live listeners as well as to the rest of you who will be playing back this broadcast. We certainly do appreciate you guys for your continued support and for your for always supporting us. We've been on BTR for such a long time, and uh, we can't tell you how we appreciate the many of you who do listen in however you can and whenever you can. So thank you guys so much. And we always say drop by Amazon.com, yes, <laughs> which houses all the books and everything else, and uh, pick up some amazing summaries as well as our featured guest book titled The Judge's Story by our featured guest, Joyce Strand. Yes, Miss Strand is back on the show with us. And uh, we always like to stress our love for for reading, but we just want to stress to to all of you all out there listening that reading is just one of those things that sticks with you once you learn to do it. We encourage you to, you know, truly, truly get to read on every chance that you can. Encourage your little ones to do the same. You know, I know it's summertime and I know school is out, but, you know, the learning and, and the reading of books shouldn't stop. So please keep it up and do it often. And look, you guys, there's nothing like your kids just really, you know, diving into a story, into a book, and coming to you and telling you all about it. That shows that they love reading, that they love stories, and that they want to continue to do it. So definitely, you know, even if you guys... Um, you know, don't have the funds because we all know that money is tight these days. If you don't have the funds to order off of Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble or go to Books A Million, go to some of your local thrift shops. They have books all the time. You know, there's nothing like finding a book in there that you've been wanting for such a long time. And someone donated it to their local thrift shop, and it's a dollar or maybe two bucks. So, Definitely head on over there and see what they have and get as many books as you can and don't leave the little ones out. And they have they always have kids' books, so definitely pick those up. 
especially for the summer, and it does keep the kids busy. So, <laughs> um, now let's welcome a lady <laughs> who's been writing for such a long time, um, and she is a definitely a seasoned writer. Um, this visit is all about her latest book titled The Judge's Story, which, by the way, is a very interesting book, and it's a good one at that. So get yours on Amazon right now. Let's welcome in our featured guest, Miss Joyce Strand. Hi, Thank Joyce. You. How are you? Really good. Thank you so much. I'm not sure about seasoned, but I, I have been writing for about five years. No, that is season. I mean, you're, you know, it's it's almost like um, people that bring such great stories have always had it in them. So when we read such a really good book, we just say, "Wow, that's that's a really good story." <laughs> and so it's almost like. Oh, how did that person come up with that story? So we're, we're always, you know, um, especially for people that have been writing for such a long time, we always say that they're seasoned. And, you know, with your stories, you seem like you are. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I think my problem is that I have too many stories. I've, I've got a list of almost as long as the books to read on my Kindle. Uh, and uh, oh I, I, I just, I just, I just can't stop thinking of them. So that, that is, uh, I, I'm not sure where that comes from. I, I just, it just <laughs> happens. But I do want to thank you for having me on and giving me the opportunity to, to talk about um, my newest book, The Judge's Story. Which, if any of your listeners uh, were here last time, this new book is very different uh, than my previous book. So um, I, I, I do want to alert folks to that. Um, fairly quickly. I, I'm, I'm a little uneasy about crossing genres. It's my first time. Uh, so I, I just want to make sure that even though it's still a mystery, it is set in yeah. 1939. Um, so, I, again, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. How did you come across this story or how, how did you, you know, how did this story come to you? Um, basically, um, uh, a, a small anecdote. Uh, I, I was having lunch with a with a really good friend of, of mine um, visiting, and um, we were talking. and And he knew I was an author, and he said uh, that his grandfather they just discovered his grandfather's memoir uh, in an attic, <laughs> and it was wow. dated. It was dated 1941. He had he had written it to be published, but the war interrupted, and so it had been sitting there. World War II, that is, and um, and I said, well, who who was your grandfather? And it turns out he was a Superior Court judge in California. And more intriguing to me, the mystery writer was that he was a law partner of Earl Stanley Gardner, who of course created the Perry Mason books and um, several wow. others, several others under a pseudonym. And I said, oh, I've got to read it. And uh, uh, he did send it to me, and um, it was again a memoir up to 1941. The judge lived, I believe, until the 1970s. And and had a life after 1941, but this but his memoir was up to the time he became a judge, and this this as as a person, um, he was just uh, an incredible person, uh, heroic in many ways, um, which I try to bring out in my book, although subtly, uh, but uh, I, 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 th- there was just so much around him, 
and and I and I just started seeing story after story after story coming out of uh, each each chapter of, of his autobiography or his memoir. And um, it took me a few years. I, I, I had to do quite a bit of research on it, actually, because writing in 1939, um, I had to make sure I was um, there were no anachronisms. I mean, like he didn't pull out a cell phone or something. And, um, and and I did spend quite a bit of time doing the research. But basically, it was that memoir that in, inspired the the book. Now I'm a mystery writer, so it had to be a mystery. And uh, and so I I, I I fictionalized the mystery, but but the character yeah. is very much based on on a real uh, superior court judge. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, could you t- you know I know um, when you come across stories um, just like the one that you did. I'm sorry, a memoir that you did. Um, what was that like just reading um, what the judge had gone through and things about his life? What was that like for you? And what was the aha moment that said, you know, I really want to create a story around him? Um, I think reading just the first page, um, it, he, he uh, in true – biographic or autobiographical style he starts at the beginning of his life when he was born and goes up to 1941 and and then he has a few chapters where he talks about his cases that was fascinating i mean reading about cases and trends and crimes and what were the key uh issues in from like about 1890 to 1941 it was just like i mean and this man was living them um, was fascinating, wow. and and I don't know. Uh, I mean, history is something that that we go to school to learn about the the dates of the battles and the and the uh, why this particular thinker was important, etc. But reading about real people and what they're going through and why, well, you know, I mean, and I and I found that there were the actual judge was quoted in the newspaper during in 1939 about his his concerns and thoughts about World War II coming. And, mm. you know, just, which I, which I do weave into the book. But um, it, it, the, the, the reading about someone who was there and, and lived through that time, I, I, it, it was special. And, and it was special that also that it was uh, the grandfather of a friend of mine. I mean, you know, that, that just made it doubly interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, how you traveled from... San Francisco to L.A. Uh, at the turn of the mm-hmm. 20th, 20th century. I mean, there's a ferry, then there's, um, you know, to get across the bay or whatever, and then you have to, uh, or you can go down on a boat, or you, you, you I mean, there were there were cars at that time, but they were not, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in the 1900s, early 1900s. Now, for the judge, the judge loved cars, uh, so um, both the real one and the um the fictional one. So, so there were cars in 1939, but but in his early life, there there were not that many cars around, uh, and they were um, they didn't go far. So it was. It, it, I, I found that living the life of someone in the time uh, was probably more meaningful to understanding history of the time than, than a textbook would be. Wow, I bet. I mean, just. 
just uh, read about some of the cases that he may have um, presided over had to be something of just, wow, (laughs) had to be something of just, you know, it was just very interesting. Yes, and um, in fact, there's one, and I do list the cases that, that I um, encountered the, the real cases, and most of those came out of the newspaper. But uh, but there was one in particular that he talked about in his in the in the memoir um, that he was defending. This was when he was a lawyer. Uh, he was defending a criminal who was supposedly had supposedly killed someone, and they the prosecutor had a uh, an expert witness on the stand who who said that the um, man had removed blood from his uh, uh, clothing using uh, gasoline or kerosene, I believe. And um, he tells the story of how he was talking to his wife about it that day, and she said, that's impossible. You can't remove blood that way. And that's how he solved that. He he got the guy off because the expert witness was wrong. You couldn't remove blood that way. It was just a little little thing, but it just really sparked... Um, you know, I mean, I had to include that in the book. That was there; it is in there, and um, just other other little pieces of information about the cases. And um, his memoir does not talk about any of the cases that he uh, that he served as a judge on. His memoir, he, mm-hmm. in fact, he says that very clearly that he, being a judge, uh, you ca- he believes you you do not talk about your cases. Um, and so the cases that are in the memoir are only those uh, that where where he was a lawyer, a defense attorney, and um, so the the judge cases uh, came out of the newspaper, and um, of the 1939 newspaper, uh, and um, which I went through each day of, and uh, and he was mentioned frequently. The, the real judge was mentioned frequently as the judge of the case. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I, now I I just got the name of the case and what the sentences were and things like that. The everything else about the book uh, is fiction, <laughs> uh, but, it, yeah. but it did help. But it did help to uh, for accuracy, if nothing else, to understand the kinds of cases that he was hearing and what was going on in 1939. And the case on which the mystery is based, by the way, uh, the murder, the murder robbery, is totally fiction. Um, yeah. I just, I, 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 that, that, and, and the mystery itself is, is fiction. It's just the character, the judge himself, and the backstory about the cases he hears. Uh, those are mostly based on fact, with <clears throat> with a few uh, interesting tidbits thrown in. Tell us more about the fourteen-year-old teenager um, that uh, that was involved in the robbery. Murder. Talk to us more about him without really giving us or giving a whole lot out to the readers so that they can read it. But talk to us more about him and the young lady um, that is involved also. Yeah, and just a just a tiny bit of backstory there. Um, the real judge was very much involved in juvenile crime and in helping. Um, young boys to, to steer them away from crime. So with that backdrop, the, the 14-year-old uh, and the character of the 14-year-old 
as well as a couple of the of the other criminals came from the memoir a, a sentence in the memoir that said uh something very um straightforward like i i i don't uh, he said i don't know how to help some of these boys their backgrounds are so um bad or uh, bad's the wrong word but uh are so difficult that i don't know how they can keep from becoming a criminal he's, and then he mentioned one one case where they succeeded and one case where they didn't and so mm. this 14 this 14 year old was kind of a composite of of uh juvenile crime now not only was the judge um very much involved in juvenile crime but i i i got a couple of videos from the about the 1930s from some librarian friends of mine and juvenile crime was featured throughout that so the 1930s was a time when they the people were, or people in general were concerned about juvenile crime so that that that's why i included a juvenile and and why i pursued that that theme but this particular juvenile the 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 suspect or the defender if you will is uh and we learn early on like the first chapter that he was involved in a murder robbery uh with a cohort who killed someone and uh, uh but we learn very quickly that he was not responsible for pulling the trigger in fact ran away uh when when his uh fellow criminal uh did pull the trigger and uh the reason he's a 14 year old and uh the other person that you referred to the the girl the 16 year old mm-hmm. uh precocious wannabe uh who <laughs> tries to take over the book actually um who uh is testifying was at the store at the time of the murder robbery and testified and identified the 14 year old boy um now she be, she being a as i said a, a precocious 16 year old who wants to be an author um and uh believes that learning to read is the solution to everything a very also mm. a trend a trend in the thirties um and so she becomes involved in uh helping to convince this uh fourteen year old to identify his uh partner because the judge has to sentence him but he he does he he holds off because if he can get the kid to tell him who his partner is, then he can reduce his sentence because uh, otherwise he's guilty under the felony murder uh, law in California. He would be as guilty as the person who pulled the trigger. So so, so we get involved in the, in the 14-year-old's life. We learn his background, uh, and, um, and we learn about other juveniles uh, of the time. And what's going on in this very small California town, and um, it's not too far from the truth in general. Not specific again, right. maybe, maybe not specifically in in Ventura, California, but but a lot of um, uh, what I'm trying not to spoil the plot here. Uh, a lot yeah. of what goes on was going on in in other areas. So so wow. that's the the 14 year old and the 16 year old, and and she stays in both of them. Stay involved, and, and the judge and the judge pulls on her to help. Uh, he thinks having one juvenile talk to another juvenile might might help them mm-hmm. get. Um, but uh, and and he does a lot of other things to try to, to solve this. Also, he's he's a he's a caring judge who who wants justice. He's not a he's not a he's not a hanging judge, so to speak. 
Wow. You know, that's 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 very interesting because when when you hear uh crimes that have taken place back in the thirties, um, you don't necessarily hear um a lot about juvenile crime. You hear about a lot of, you know, the other types of crime, but that is very interesting how juvenile crime was at the forefront back then. Um, is, is it because, uh, you know, it, it was such harsh times? Um, I, I, there were, a lo- again, I'm, I'm pulling this from the newspapers and, and the research. Yeah. Um, certainly the Depression, the Great Depression, uh, was believed to contri- have contributed to it. Um, uh, the Dust Bowl specifically was cited by a prosecutor in a newspaper article as having caused a lot of the crime of the young boy crime because, you know, they, I mean, and and a lot of them did it just to eat, you know, just to to get food, uh, others for other reasons. And uh, so I I do believe that, yes, I mean, of course, in the 30s, uh, uh, which Prohibition ended when, uh, like 1933, up until then, of course, there was a lot of of the crime caused by, um, uh, oh, <laughs> all I can think of, you know, the 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 crime bosses that were were uh, selling uh, booze and uh, yes. Al, Al Capone and 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 those guys. So, so so that's what we think of when we think of the 30s, are, are the the yeah. Valentine's Day massacres, the all of the the killings. But at the same time, there was this uh, prevalence for for uh, particularly young boy boys uh, as criminals. Um, you know, like the 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 in in the Dickens days uh, in the, in London, where we had uh, Fagin and, and the young boys uh, going around pickpocketing. Well, a lot of that was happening in the, in the U.S. in the 30s, I think. Um, and uh, it's just it, 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 again, I picked up. It all kind of came together because my real judge, Judge Drapeau, was um, spoke very eloquently in his memoir about juvenile crime. And so he cared a lot about it and, and was uh, judged quite a few cases. And then the trends coming from um, the videos that I was watching and the newspaper articles, um, was it, it was very serendipitous, and it did pull together and, and I think made for an interesting book and, and certainly helped me uh, formulate the mystery. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, when when I hear about judges and criminal activity and you know, things like that, and <laughs> without giving too much away, could you tell us a little bit about what the judge kind of gets into um, with, you know, some of his friends um, as he's going through this um, or as he's going through his cases and um, his attempt to help this young boy? Yeah, I, I suspect that I probably pushed the envelope a little bit as to what a judge is mm-hmm. allowed to do. Um, and um, I, I figured that was okay because this is fiction. Uh, however, yeah. um, Judge Drapeau, the real judge, was very much involved, for example, in the boys' clubs in Ventura and did do um, in his private life um, maybe more than a judge would do. I mean, he... He 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 did some things. However, I doubt very much. 
that he had an investigator on his staff, basically, who um, my my uh, fictional judge does, and he he has him go out and uh, check out things, uh, kind of in parallel to what the the uh, juvenile, the 16 year old girl, is doing, to try to solve and help. Uh, I mean, the, the the whole crux of the matter is they need the identification of the partner, of the criminal. And uh, but he so he has a, an investigator. He has an assistant who is uh, probably a forward-thinking woman of of the time. She um, uh, uh, she becomes his law assistant and and knows quite a bit about uh, the law, uh, having worked for him. Now he basically rescued her. Uh, her father had been, as I recall, her father had been a, and this is kind of the things that he would he would do. Uh, he the father was died of a heart attack or something, as I recall, and and he uh, so he made sure she had a home. He also, as a law partner, both the real judge and the actual uh, and the uh, fictional judge, uh, was very much um, involved in helping and supporting uh, the the Mexican American population, who typically were. Uh, uh, well, people were prejudiced against them, and and they didn't always get a fair trial. And that was something that he uh, made sure he would take on clients and um, not charge them. Uh, or, you know, he said he he also uh, the actual judge gave an example of one who he said continued to pay him for like ten years afterwards. They every once in a while they would send him money. Um, wow. And so, and so he uh, and that that was the real judge. Uh, and so he yeah. uh, he um he had um you know he he and so so the real judge there the 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 fictional judge uh just kind of explored things probably went a little further uh and when he felt really guilty about something like he should have done something and it didn't help he probably goes even further to um persuade uh, someone to to make something happen. Um, hmm. So, um, but as I said, both the real judge and the and and the fictional judge are are heroes in my in my mind. And uh, yeah. I, and I and and this just happened as I was writing, and I and I and I looked at the book and I thought, my God, look at the stuff this guy does. And then I went back to the memoir <laughs> and I said, Yeah, look at what the actual judge did. You know. You know <laughs> um, so it was it was it was fun and I it, it kind of inspired me. I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping to do. I'm, I'm planning. I already have the the plot in mind and the character I'm, I'm, I want to follow uh, to do another historical mystery um, probably by the middle of next year. But I'm not giving up on my on my uh, my my current day mysteries. Um, and uh, I am writing. I'm almost done with the the next one, which will come out at the end of the year, which is the the second Bryn, Bryn Bancroft one. So. In writing this particular story, um, did you find how much of a difference was it in writing this versus writing the others that you're so used to writing? Um, I think that the backstory in the 1939 book influenced the plot tremendously. Uh, the judge's memoir, the kind of character he was, 
so the real life situation and, and character was more um, well played more of a role in determining the, the the character of the book. My current day mysteries, it's more, I mean yes they're they're all based on they're all pulled from real cases, but they're a composite of of my life and and things that I've experienced and uh, with 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 some amount of research obviously to make sure that um, my winemaker isn't making uh, soup rather than wine uh, but um, but but not to the extent that the 1939 one was uh, I mean I, I based scenes on opportunities um, there's a scene in a drive-in movie theater for example and that came right out of a I was watching one of the videos and they were talking about how uh, how you know the the drive-in theaters and what what was going on with them and, and that that just inspired a scene, um, and and uh, the, the the judge's memoir itself was a huge influence, uh, and I think that's different than than my and and the other thing about it is I got really excited about this book. It was really really fun to write, um, and I don't know if that's the historian in me that I've I've that's been sleeping for a while. Uh, I, 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 when I was growing up as a teenager and, and in my 20s, I used to read historical novels all the time, and I, for some reason, stopped doing that. Uh, although Shogun remains my fav- most favorite book in the world, uh, but um, I, I think that's that's the main difference is that the yeah. the period, the the period really, or the time frame, what was happening, the trends really influenced the book. What does his um, the grandson think about this story? I mean, oh, although it, it is a fictionalized, but what does he really think about it? You know, he he hasn't told me. I I I gave him uh, advanced copies, and and I and I sent him manuscripts all along uh, uh, because I wanted to make sure he was okay with it. But he did ask for a half dozen copies, so maybe that's maybe that's an indication. <laughs> uh, he certainly has nothing. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, I mean, he'll see his grandfather all the way through it, and he certainly, um, he was the one who sent me the memoir to begin with, I, and he got very excited when I said I was going to write it, and I said, now you know it's going to be fiction, it's going to be a mystery, and, and he was okay yes. with that. But, uh, but I'm, I'm, I, I have not had a comment from him, so um, I'll have to see, uh, I'll have to <laughs> prod him. Um, I figure if he wanted half a dozen copies, uh, that can't be to burn, so... Uh, uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, I know that you're still on a book tour or on your book tour, but um, are you working on, and you just mentioned that you're thinking about, uh, that you're working on something um, or that that you will be working on something. Um, are you currently working on anything right now? Oh, yeah. Um you're talking about the historical ones or my current my current day mysteries as i said i'm i'm working on the second Bryn bancroft uh mystery she she's the character that came out of my first mystery she's a a a, a spin-off and um she's the winemaker uh and that mystery will come out in november um i'm also starting to research my next mystery um which at the moment is going to involve a female reporter at the turn of the century, turn of the 
into the 20th century. Um, and uh, I, I'm fascinated with um, how much used females, uh, women were, uh, by both Hearst and Pulitzer as reporters. Hmm. And, um, you know, um, I, just getting into the, the history of it all, and it is, it's incredible, and the Atlanta Constitution even. So, so we we had a Southern contingent here, and um, uh, so so I'm, I'm I've got I've got everything I think, but but the actual mystery I haven't I haven't figured out what that's going to be yet. But I'm I'm yeah definitely working on that, uh, and maybe a spinoff of one of the characters from the Judge. I'm, I'm thinking about that too. But but right now, uh, the Judge is going to be a standalone book. But and I have lots of others. I've got a list. <laughs> but those are the two that I'm really working on. And seriously, uh, I'm doing the research for the reporter, and I'm doing. I'm, I'm. I've. I'm almost. Com- the first draft is almost complete for the other one. Wow, you really. <laughs> that's awesome. That's 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 really awesome, and I would love to read that and have you back on the show and things like that. So. The- we could really hear about, you know, all the characters and everything. But um, Joyce, thank you so much for spending part of your day with us on the show. And as always, we always invite you back because we love your books. This one especially I thought was a little bit different. I said, well, this is a little bit different. But as I was going through it, I said, wow, this is really good. And plus, we love to hear about, you know, judges and mysteries and things like that, even if, you know, they took place long ago. I think a whole lot of us are like uh, fans of the uh, mystery um, genre anyway, so. <laughs> oh, and it is, and it is I, I hasten to add, even though it's set in 1939, it's definitely a mystery. Um, yes. And, and is intended, uh, you know, to have all the red herrings and all of the, all of the clues for 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 us mystery lovers that love to to solve them. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, again, we definitely invite you back, and we wish you all the best on uh, on your on the rest of your book tour. Well, thank you so much, and thank you. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. As you can tell, I could probably talk about it for hours. Uh, <laughs> I, I am pretty enthusiastic about this one. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, and you have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, that was author Joyce Strand talking about the judge's story. And let me just say, it's a very interesting book, even though it's set back in 1939. Go to Amazon, get your copy. It's very interesting how, um, and I know a lot of you mystery readers and fans can probably agree with me on this, very interesting how you know um you know a judge back then was actually trying to help the young 14 um year old teenager that was accused of the robbery slash murder um which you know back then it was a lot of uh, uh financial scarcities and a lot of things that were happening so that's what makes it very interesting you know and 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 the judge and the criminal activities and you know, just the whole ambience of just a judge, period, just being involved in so many different things. Joyce has such a creative mind, and we love her. Every time she comes to the show, she's she's so 
I mean, enthusiastic about her work, period. And that's what makes it so exciting for us here at Literary Divas. Well, thank you guys so much. And with that being said, this is your girl, the Literary Diva of Blog Talk Radio. This has been another amazing author chat with the one and only author, Joyce Strand. Thank you guys so much, and enjoy the rest of your Thursday. God bless you guys.